and welcome to D Up Podcast, guys. I'm your host, Louis Valletta. We are getting to the NBA playoffs. Shocking. Shocking. Deadly defeat of the Los Angeles Clippers by the Denver Nuggets, which I don't want to talk about because we know I was pulling for the Clippers. I really wasn't pulling for the Clippers. What I was doing was I was telling you guys, my listeners, how the Clippers were going to be completely um, bulldozing the NBA and they were not a shot for the Los Angeles Lakers and they were going to basically sweep the Denver Nuggets and hell, they almost had a, a gentleman sweep. But I'm going to be a man and I'm going to sit up here. I'm going to take the heat because, yes, I made a wrong prediction. It happens. Not only did I strike out with the Bucks, but I struck out with the Los Angeles Clippers, which for me, you know, uh, I take that to heart because they were the rivals of LeBron, who I don't like. There's a lot of people out there that are on my DM and on Facebook that are telling me, uh, hey, Lou, how what happened to your Clippers? And you, get, you see all the memes on Twitter and you kind of have to feel bad for these guys, you know? I'm not even a player, and I'm sad. I barely, barely slept last night. It's not good. Mm. As I take a uh, take a sip of wine instead of the coffee now, because today I need wine. God knows that. What a disappointment. So all we can talk about is what went what went wrong. And excuse me, I have to sneeze. Hold on. <coughs> ah. <coughs> Promise I don't have the COVID. Ah, tested three times and cardio like a mother. So, anyways, so um, getting back, where did it go wrong? Where did it fall apart from the Los Angeles Clippers? If you watched every single game, you saw, especially the last four, last three, last three and then beyond the shadow of a doubt, you saw a team play faster and get to the ball quicker, and that was the Denver Nuggets. They moved the ball quicker, they got to the ball quicker, they they were... rappers really don't have any talent. Would you say more aggressive? Than the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, that being said, a lot of the teams were very close in offensive rebounds. They were close in, they were, they were close in almost every hustle stat. They weren't that far off. In order to understand this disparity between the two teams and what happened, you have to just watch the game because a lot of it is seen through the eye test. And when you're watching basketball and you see that one team is is consistently getting loose balls and consistently grabbing important rebounds and they're creating important turnovers and they're scoring when needed that can hint to more a, a greater intention to win it's pretty simple in every team sport what i saw was that particularly i saw that happening with denver and i want to distinguish where I didn't see that with LA because the Clippers had that at times yet there was certain facets and parts of the Clippers that were not existent one being Paul George 
we're going to start with where it went wrong with Paul George. He's the number one culprit. Paul George has a history of not showing up in big games. You can look at his record. Paul George is a wonderful defensive player, yet got beat back door on two crucial plays at the end of Game 7. I'm sure you can go back and, and pick out other plays. He was, his head was in the sand, but oh, we're all going to say it was uh, like mental illness or something like that. Or he was depressed in the bubble and blah, blah, blah. Let's call a spade a spade. He's making over $20 million. He deserves to show up. If he's showing up to play, then he has to give his all and, and produce because your job as Paul George is to make an open three, which he wasn't. The rappers really don't have making more than lackadaisical effort on defense at times when he wasn't. And any other type of music, people share their. Time. And to accept but your role as number two, because Kawhi's number one, big deal. And sometimes Who's Paul's team? even number three when when Lou Williams is out there. But Paul has to accept being number two, which I don't think he does. Now I don't know Paul George, but he hasn't been accepting that role very, in my opinion, very well. And it showed in his team's win-loss in this series. And Paul George was to be counted on by Kawhi. Kawhi shows up each and every night. You're getting the same Kawhi. There's no fearing the bright lights. Kawhi has the most versatile game in the NBA other than LeBron James. He has no weaknesses. Kawhi has figured out how to win like a scientist. And... In this series, Paul George held him back and certain factions of the Clippers, who I'll get to. But just rounding off this Paul George thing, we heard him say that he had some problems in the bubble uh, with his mental health, and got, I, we don't know what he was going through, and I didn't read any speculation because I don't want to. You never know what to read, what to believe, but I believe that uh, Paul George could have uh, given it a way better effort not hitting the backboard on certain three-pointers and not I mean this is your job your job is to, to make open three-pointers you know you got to knock down certain shots he had a wonderful n1 in the in game seven that's about it Paul didn't give you anything let me let me look at the stats here on my phone because I don't know what he did in Game 7. I just watched it. I didn't analyze the statistics. So I'm going to go in right now and, and I'll share it with you. It wasn't good. So here we go. Paul George played 38 minutes tallied, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. And hold on to your seats, folks. 10 measly points. I know people, I play pickup basketball that could score more than 10 points in a Game 7 out there with Kawhi Leonard and the team that he has. Imagine catching the ball and shooting. You just that's all you have to do. Pathetic. Now, that to be said, that he's any what uh, better in this game, but Kawhi for a huge game didn't show up. Fourteen points, six rebounds, six assists. Nice numbers there, but fourteen points wasn't going to get it done. At times, it looked like Cleveland. Uh, excuse me, that, that the Clippers had a hard time scoring because. Denver had so much pressure on them, but then at times you saw that they were missing open shots too. Hell, the Clippers were even even missing layups. I remember Jamichael Green missing a dunk. I remember Lou Williams missing at least one um, 
layup. I remember Patrick Beverly missing a running floater. Didn't even hit rim eight feet from the basket. And it was ter- just a terrible game. <coughs> the Clippers picked the worst game, okay? They picked the worst game to play their worst basketball. They shot 25% from three. And I believe in game five, they shot 25% from three, too. You can't shoot that bad in today's day and age from three and win a basketball game. And if you do, that means you're a very superior team, which the Los Angeles Clippers proved not to be. But again, the blame rests on Paul George, and we'll get to number two, Doc Rivers. Now, Doc Rivers was completely outclassed and outcoached. I'm a big believer in Doc from the Boston Celtics days. He does have a bad Game 7 closeout game, uh, what do you call it, Uh, record. But Doc usually has wonderful plays out of timeouts. He gets them all rallied up. I don't know where that was in this series. I saw it happen a couple times coming out of timeouts, and you see them run a great play and go on an 8-0 or a 10-0 run. That's Clipper basketball. That's Doc Rivers basketball. But man, oh man, did Mike Malone and the Denver Nuggets run schemes on them that they could not adjust to. Not only that, but they were getting to their spots and they were doing and they were running their schemes at a faster pace. Like I said in the beginning, they were running it faster, quicker, better. Um, go review. Use the eye test. Look at the look at the way the ball, you know, pushes itself around the horn. If only the L.A. Clippers moved the ball that quickly and took the open shots that they were supposed to take. Now, they lost. If you go back and look at the tape, there's a lot of shots they don't take. And, yes, the open shots they did take, they did miss. Maybe that affected their confidence. But get the ball around the, cor- the, the horn, and as soon as the shot, as soon as you get an open shot, you shoot the ball. I don't care who it is. It, the, the, the Clippers have the guys to shoot the ball. Shoot it. You have three guys going, two guys going for the rebound, crash the boards hard. It just wasn't happening. And the lack of effort, lack of effort, lack of execution. Credit Denver minus Doc Rivers. Big negative. Doc Rivers was a negative this series. A big disappointment. Uh, I think he should get fired. Yep, I said it. I think he should get fired. I think the Clippers should get rid of Paul George, trade him, get another, not, not, not necessarily... Uh, you know, Kawhi might not need a, a Batman. He needs someone to get him the ball and to get the team the ball in the right spots. I would say getting someone like a Ben Simmons would, would really help them. Uh, I haven't read that anywhere, so don't go be quoting me that that's a rumor. But Ben Simmons, I can see being a great fit for this, uh, this Los Angeles Clippers team. And hell, I know um, a lot of people say he shouldn't get a jump shot, but it doesn't need a jump shot, but because he plays very good defense and he facilitates, which you know is makes him perfect for the Clippers. But I do feel that he would be much more dangerous, and I think he'd be a great, highly effective player on the Clippers, more so than Paul George, who just sits around lollygags and waits for the pass. Uh, excuse me, waits for the open shot. Paul George is a shell of himself on most nights, especially in the bright lights and the big games, as you saw. Uh, we got to get rid of Doc Rivers, Paul George, and start thinking about Lou Williams because Lou Williams has been showing that he hasn't been committed. He had the bubble incident, 
That's not commitment. And then he hasn't been committed on the floor. You start rethinking things. Lou Williams is a wonderful scorer at times, but I question his mentality and his heart in this series. He's, he he kind of played himself out uh, as the, the, the antithesis of a Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry will, will kill himself to win. Uh, he'll do anything it takes. He'll dig in on defense. He'll, he'll hit the big shot, all of this stuff. Lou will was getting exploited like no like none other. You know, they were picking apart Lou Will, they were picking apart Montrez Harrell. Don't get me started on him. We've seen his weakness. He talks a big game. He acts like a tough guy, but you know, does he show up? Will he win the game for you? Yeah, sure, he proved he's pretty good, but not against the big boys. Not against Nicole Nikolai Jokovic, the Joker made a mockery of Montrez Harrell, the tough guy. The Joker embarrassed you, which is a great topic to get onto for next time and see if the Joker is going to be doing this to, to AD. What a matchup that's going to be. AD versus the Joker. I can't wait to see that. I got to go see the previous games to see what the statistics look like in that matchup. I, and, and I'm definitely going to go back and watch the games on, on YouTube. So that was uh, number two. Get rid of uh, the guys that are costing you these games. Doc Rivers gets an F for the coaching or a D. Uh, and then Paul George gets an F for this series. He's, 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 it's tired. Enough is enough already. Paul's got to go. we got to get rid of Paul George. <clears throat> uh, and like I said, thinking about getting rid of a guy like Lou Williams is maybe a good idea as well. Need some new... Young, hungry blood, and I think Lou is outstayed his welcome. He's also, I think he's, he's getting older, 33, uh, might be slowing down. Who knows if that's a factor. I think it's a commitment issue, and when someone shows a commitment issue, you nix them. That's it. That's a great organization, and I think Bomber is out there, and I think Bomber can do that a great job. I don't think he's going to fire Doc Rivers. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying, you know, maybe getting rid of a guy like Doc Rivers at this point might Breathe some 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 new life into this uh, uh, kind of newly formed Clipper team that you wouldn't think needs new life, but after what I saw, it, it didn't seem to jive very well with me. How did it happen? I think every analyst is out there still questioning how this happened because we look at the stats; they're pretty good. They're like, oh, they're all normal, but you know, suppressing the best players. The Clippers' best players and points. We didn't necessarily know Denver was going to do that, and they were that good enough. But again, credit Mike Malone for his schemes for stopping Paul, for limiting Kawhi and stopping him in Game Seven when Kawhi always shows up in these big games, and he couldn't show up today. Uh, he couldn't show up yesterday. Anyway, going forward, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks were eliminated. Uh, that was. Just as shocking for me. Uh, I had the Bucks and the Clippers in the finals. No buts about it. Uh, I'm going to say Giannis didn't look like Giannis. I will say that. If you guys go and you guys want to check it out and get back to me on what you think was going on with him. I don't think he was normal. Uh, I know this is before he got injured too. Before the ankle roll. He didn't look normal. Uh, you can go check that out. And... Um, Miami has proved to be a ton, 10 times better team than we thought they were. But then again, <clears throat> you know who runs the organization? It's, it's Pat, man. The Knicks' biggest mistake 
Uh, that could have been the Knicks. And they got rid of Pat Riley. And man, oh man, what a judge of talent. What a guy that sets the atmosphere. You know, defense, toughness, endurance. That's Pat's that's cornerstone of Pat Riley. Sadly, um, the Knicks let that go. <laughs> but going, uh, bringing this back into the playoffs, man, oh man, did he, did he hone this horse of Jimmy Butler? Big buggage Jimmy just, just, God, baby goat is is taking control every step of the way, knocking in big shots versus the Bucks, defeating what I thought was a an impossible thing to do, defeating a, a, an impossible team in the in the Milwaukee Bucks. I thought Milwaukee is just too tough defensively, too tough on the court, and and with Giannis hungrier than ever, it weren't, wasn't going to happen. But this Miami team showed. That their their team defense, their closeouts, their perimeter, their their perimeter and and uh, interior defense. I mean, God, what a, remember the wall that they formed for Giannis back when they did it again? Like this, not in Miami, but um, who was that? Who who formed that that that? that well, I think it was Toronto that did that with the wall. Well, how they defeated Giannis Antetokounmpo? I got to go back. Uh, and I know I'm pronouncing Antetokounmpo's name wrong, but there you go. Uh, they did a wonderful job containing him, and of course we know what happened when the ankle rolled. But it wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna matter anyway. Giannis had some other issues. Don't know if it's mental. Don't know if it's physical. Uh, so turn the page on that one. Miami came in, and uh, the Celtics the Celtics defeated uh, um, the Raptors. Of course, we knew what happened in that one. Raptors, of course, minus Kawhi, made a huge, huge, huge stand and um, showed a heart determination and, and brought this thing into Kyle Lowry Kyle territory. Uh, forced it all the way to a game seven. It didn't work out. Two, I mean, two heartfelt teams in terms of their, their play on the court. Um, Well-coached, gritty. And what a series. It was an NBA Classic series. The end of some of those games was incredible. And uh, I didn't know who was going to win. And, you know, I thought it, I went in saying it was a 50-50 series. Most people thought I was crazy for saying that. Uh, at the end of the day, it did go seven games. And, and Boston outlasted them. Credit the coaching of Brad Stevens. And now we're, we're seeing the Celtics-Miami uh, series where – these two very evenly matched teams. I said it was another 50-50 series, and look what happened. Game one, they both go into overtime. You get Jimmy Butler forcing it into overtime with that wonderful N1, and then you got at the end in, in uh, that, that monster out of bio block, which saved the day, which he was uh, rejecting Tatum, I believe, and uh, that was very symbolic of what the Miami Heat stand for. Uh, look at Tyler Hero, a budding a budding superstar, making big shots, uh, young guy. Miami just has so much to, to be happy about in their program. I wish, again, going back, that the Knicks can have something like that. The Knicks are like the anti-Miami program. It seems like Miami is always up in there. In the they're, they're always up there in the race, no matter who they have, because they have such a good program. And they, uh, they develop their young talent so well. And there's guys that you, you hear of that you never heard of before in your life, and they're all in Miami. They always come from Miami. So credit Pat Riley and credit the the, the – 
the defensive prowess that he teaches and, and, and how he has Eric Spolcher as his mouthpiece doing all the work for him. I mean, congrats to them. And they won game one. They did it against the Boston Celtics. I mean, watch out for these Miami Heat. Uh, what I would like to see is I would like to see Miami and Denver in the finals, but I think it's really going to go Lakers, um, Lakers, Miami. That's what I'm picking, but I want to see Denver. Obviously, I'm rooting for Denver, uh, who took my team's head off to, to take out the abominable Lakers. <laughs> you all know about that. You all could have guessed that. Anyway, uh, today there's this wonderful product. It's uh, I took the Focus ones before, but it's from Energy Beat, uh, Energy Bits, uh, Energy Bits. Hold on, 